Eats, drink, chat with Soho House. Hello and welcome to Eat, Drink, Chat with Soho House. I'm Jonathan Heath, your host for this London instalment, where I'll be talking to an extraordinary lineup of guests who are at the forefront of film, music, art, fashion, and beyond. Join me as each episode I catch up with a different person over breakfast, coffee, lunch, cocktails, dinner, and room service, all coming to you from Soho houses around London. Wow, look at this space. I'm always, I mean, I've been here a few times, but I'm always blown away by this, just the sheer scale of this entrance. It's so inviting. We're lunching today at the Ned, right in the heart of London, in the financial district, right next to the Bank of England. A few people having an early lunch. Started already on the, maybe on the Bloody Marys or the Virgin Marys. It is a Monday after all. We're downstairs. There's a bar called The Vault, I believe, which is on our right. And there's a tiny, gorgeous, amber-lit room called The Snug. And it's here I'm going to be chowing down and chatting with the marvellously talented actor Lawrence Fox. Hailing from a family abundant with successful acting talent, Lawrence has managed to forge his own path from the get-go, landing a role in the Academy Award-winning Gosford Park when he was fresh out of acting school, and then starring in ITV hit Lewis for the best part of 10 years. Now, having launched a successful music career, as well as becoming a father to two children, Fox joins us today fresh off the set of his latest Netflix series, White Lines. Hi. Hi. Lawrence. <laughs> so where have you come back from? I've just wrapped in Meerkat. I've been there on and off for six months. So I just got back last night, late. And what happens at a wrap party nowadays? I thought it's all like, you know, really responsible and everyone just claps and then goes back to their individual hotel yeah. rooms and it's that's like, it. It's like that, but the total opposite <laughs> of that that finishes at 7, 8 in the morning. Hey, well, you look very fresh. Can you tell us anything about it at all? It's about four people that go to Bayfa right. for a for a mashup, and uh, one of them goes missing, and then 20 years later they find the body. Oh, right. And, and uh, then you find the people who went on the mashup, what they look like 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Okay, so uh, well, have you, you spent some time in Ibiza, I guess, right? I have. Have, have you had fun times there? I've had some pretty good times yeah. in Ibiza, yeah. <laughs> I used to work at a magazine called The Face, and uh, I remember I got taken there when I started very naively, didn't really know anything about Ibiza then but found out very quickly, but loved it, actually, I have to say. Yeah, it's a, it's a very peculiar place. It depends on what sort of person you are. Yeah. I mean, it was useful for me because I did a bit of my um, basing of my character on various people I met at Pikes. Oh, that, oh, yeah, that's good. What do you now look for for my beef? Are you, are you, are you as uh, well? I'm, are I'm, you as out there as you were in your I'm pomp and prime of your you know, early 20s or whatever? I don't know. Well, I mean... The evidence of the rap party would probably go against this theory, but um, I've been pretty, yeah, I'm a bit more circumspect growing up. I'm usually got two kids trailing around with me, so um, yeah. you can't really combine those two no. pursuits, can you? Parenting and partying. Ah, oh, here we are. Hello. Are all ready to order? Oh, yeah, I think we are. We yeah, are, we perfect. are. Thank you. It's Monday, I'll have a salami pizza. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to get a pizza. Just a plain, please. Yeah. Can I get a little side salad? Yeah. Salad? Yes, Come please. on, some, some greens would be good. Yeah, that make a salad. Yeah, perfect. Is there any chance of a Coca-Cola as well? Yeah, of course. Is that a bad thing to order? Not at all. No. I think that's okay. Or on, uh, what's it called? Celery juice? We'll ask <laughs> it as a celery juice. Yeah, can I get a celery juice, please? <laughs> that tastes like a Coke. Yeah, a really sugary black um, celery juice. 
So, you know, I want to talk, but let's talk briefly. Well, wellness, looking after yourself. Yeah. How old are you now, Lawrence? 41. 41, okay. So, does everything work as well as it should at age 41? Do you go, um, do you go to the gym I do. every other day? You do? I don't, I haven't for the last little bit because I've been working and that's enough at the end of the day. You're so kind of, it's pretty difficult to fit in the gym on a, when you're filming a lot because you're knackered. But after I got divorced, my brother, I had a l nice sort of time on the whiskey for about six months. And no, maybe less, <laughs> that's a bit romantic, three months. And then I woke up one morning and my door was knocking and I opened it and my brother was stood there and he went, all right, Loz? And I went, hi, Rob. And he went, this is Darren. And I went, all right, Darren. And he went, Darren's gonna sort you out. So wow. I then, yeah, I had this trainer. Right. So I got really fit. And then um, I was training for the marathon and I was running seven minute, what was I running? Seven minute, 10 miles? It's not bad, is it? That Up to good. 20 miles. And then I went on a motorbike trip through the Atlas Mountains and into the desert and uh, totaled the bike and the shoulder. Shit. When was this then? This was just before the marathon, like a month right. before. So I'm now, it does work, which is amazing. Thanks, Mr. Nice Surgeon. But wow. yeah. So I, I, I've kind of just got to get back into it now. So you were supposed to do the marathon last year? Year before. Year before. Year before. Okay. But this idea that that ability for exercise and whatever to sort your brain out, I think is actually really important. My little brother describes it as type one and type two fun. So there's <laughs> type one fun you love at the time and you feel dreadful afterwards. Type one fun is, whatever. as we can imagine, yeah. Yeah, good and, then, fun. and then type two fun is not fun at the time, but it's right. great afterwards. <laughs> it's a very good way of saying so it. So type two fun is what um, we are. And we all, we, I live really near my family, so we sort of, we're all nipping to the gym together as well. I mean, he's become obsessed with the gym, my little brother. He looks like some Greek god nowadays. Wow. I mean, there is that thing of, um, I went to Glass, I mean, I've been to Glastonbury a lot, but I went again this year. Um, and I was, because it was really sunny, everyone had their bods out. Yeah. And it really, I don't know whether it was just me being older or whatever, but it Love really Island bods. Yeah. I mean, it really is happening out there. Even I villains mean, in movies now, they want you to have an amazing body. Like, <laughs> really? It's like, As what if a villain to... could have like time to like, hit the gym every day, it's like... <laughs> Surely he has henchmen that have good bodies and he's just a fat bastard in a chair going, kill them. But no, you've got to have, uh, you've got to have a really good body for every part now. It's sort of... So that, have you noticed that in terms of, well, Lawrence, we'd love you to play this role, but you need to get in shape. Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm playing a Buddhist drug dealer, so it doesn't really work, matter for me. <laughs> for a minute there, you almost had a vegan lunch. Oh, look, it's here, RM. Oh, thank you so much. That is great, thank you. Enjoy. So, plans to re-engage with running and with fitness after yeah. the injury. Yeah. That's good. It's good. It's also good for routine as well. You know, you need routines. Acting is a lot of a lot of waiting around, but there's also when you're busy, it's very intensely busy. And my dad always said, I think Buster Keaton said it originally. They pay, they don't pay you to act; they pay you to not act. So, um, yeah, you have to have some sort of routine. Otherwise, you can, uh, you know, you just turn into a pub lunch man. Yeah. You've been in this profession a long time, but how did you, I guess, very simply end up here? To want of a better word, school was not. Somewhere where you blossomed, or where you, or somewhere you enjoyed being, yeah. is that right? We weren't raised to be conventional people. What does that mean then? So that goes from your way of thinking through to how your parents. Pretty much all of it. They didn't. They didn't moderate us particularly. 
So they encouraged, I mean, they did. They moderated our manners and stuff like that. So they worked on our manners, but they didn't ever try and moderate our thinking. So if you then go from that sort of home environment into a boarding school, where everything was very rigid and yeah. controlled and... And you're not used to speaking to your, you know, we were never told to being, speak to our someone two years older than us or one year older than us like they were God, which you kind of have to do at boarding school. Things are going to go... Awry. Awry, which yeah. they did. And I'm, I don't know I'm being told what to do either. I'm very bad at that. So, but that's that that not enjoying being told what to do is presumably a that's uh, come out of your upbringing. And, yeah, and I that think you, so. that you weren't that that system wasn't in place and that hierarchy wasn't really in place way when you grew up. No, I wouldn't. You know, I I sometimes talk to people. Um, in fact, there's a, a director called Orlando von Eisendale who did White Helmets, a documentary called White Helmets that, about the Syrian yeah, yeah, first yeah. responders. Mm. Really interesting guy, but actually also had quite a, a sort of um, uncontrolled, un, a quite unconventional background in terms of how his parents were parents or, and didn't really tell him what to do and mm. um, had an interesting sort of difficult time through school. But then actually, because of that, had lots of drive to go into the thing that he really loved, which maybe you found the same thing. Once you found this thing that you loved, which perhaps was acting, yeah. you found, because it was your interest rather than anyone else telling you what to do, you had a real passion Well, I only did acting because I didn't get in the first time. And that was, and again, on the I don't like being told what to do thing. I was like, what do you mean? I'm sure you're sick to death of talking about your acting um, dynasty and your fa family's presence in that world. Was that, but was that a hindrance or was that, did you think about it much when you were younger? Was it like a negative almost in terms of something you didn't want to get involved in just because, because of the history that your family had in that profession? I didn't really think about it, you know, because you, you, when you're young, you just have a family. So um, now I go, I think it's, it's not going to hurt her, is it, at the end of the day? But it might hurt with some people. Like, the, the people I went to drama school with, it was never your uh, brickie from Liverpool who'd wanted to act his whole life and had just made it down to London and was well up for it and was just generous and giving it all. It was your middle-class girl from Putney who had the issue with you being an actor, me being the son of a famous person. Right. It was never the working class people. They're like, good on you, you know. Yeah. We all have to do so the same what? amount of work. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I think it, I think it probably opens doors and shuts doors as yeah. well, depending on who you're working with. Yeah. It certainly gets you quite a lot of posh acting parts. Right. Which is a pain. <laughs> seeing as you spent all of that time training to do lots of other things. Right. But, um... No, I wouldn't swap it for the world. I love my family. I'm really proud of them. Is it competitive though within that within that set? Is that is that the right word for it? Um, Can it be? I know acting as a, in itself is very competitive. Well, everyone pretends it's not competitive. Oh, fucking is. Right. They all sit around going, "I'm so happy for you." <laughs> when actually they're really just crying into their <laughs> pint of gin. <laughs> no, we're not competitive. We support each other. They're lovely, my family. Do you watch your work? No, never. Why is that? Why is that? That seems to be I used boring. to all the time. I used to be obsessed with it. What, so obsessed with it. Like studying your... Yeah, now I'm just like, oh, look how old I look. <laughs> and how shit at acting I am. Oh, don't say no, that. No, that's what you think. You go, you can see it. Whereas in, when you're young, you go, wow. It, that just, it looks amazing because I'm, there I am up on a screen or whatever. Or yeah. there I am in a... Now a I, I went to... They showed a bit of the show that I'm doing at the rap party and it, I was having a really good time and I was having a really bad time <laughs> straight away. So I try and avoid it. Are you 
hard on yourself in that way? Were you always like very self-critical? Well, you walk past like 80 or 100 people on your way into work in the morning, into you know some building that's had its all its windows blacked out, everything is scaffolding everywhere, and people saying good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and then you just end up you and a camera. So it's quite. It does require something, and I don't know what it is that it requires. Mm. For me, I just try and forget that it's happening. And then I also, I use it, it's almost like, it's, I stop thinking about everything else. So then I just think about that, which I love, because it takes me out of, you know, worrying about whether my tenant's going to complain that their roof is leaking again. My roof is leaking it, typically. <laughs> Why can't they build roofs in this country? <laughs> That's a problem, is it flat? Yeah. Well, but mine's a flat roof as well. That's oh. endless problem with flat roofs. <laughs> different subject. This is for our building. The, the flat roof house. podcast? <laughs> yeah. When do you want to start it? I'm ready to... I think I'm available tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the flat roof podcast. Um, what was the part that changed your life, I guess, in terms of the part that, that really set you on a path? I suppose the one that does, did me well was Lewis, the TV Lewis thing. So, yeah, that was good. That was a long time. That was 10 years in total. I mean, what's it like to work on something? I mean, I, to, to work on a, something like that for 10 years, has it become second nature? Do you get, is it easy to get bored, but you know it's a good regular thing? The people are great, but being a policeman is quite, you know, you ask the same questions. You know when you're Who did it? You know, yeah, where were you between <laughs> 10 and 2? So, I really enjoyed the people. And I was proud of the show because they really were, they spent money on it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I did find it, after a while, I found it a bit like, okay, this is like having a job. Yeah. yeah. So. Did you ever want to have a like, regular job? Apparently it's the holy grail for actors. It was so secure, you know. Which I guess at a certain point in your life is quite nice. Yeah, probably now though, as opposed to <laughs> when you're 29. <laughs> 28, so how old was I, 26, 27? Oh, I don't know how old I was. But uh, it was great. You know, I love Kevin and I loved all of the people on it. So that was amazing. But yeah, I did get interviewed at one point and someone said to me, so you've been doing this for more than a quarter of your life? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this, I'm a... And it was, it was good for me because it was six, six months of the year. I lived in the countryside at the time. I'd spend the other six months um, either doing a play or something for not any cash and um, or, or just fishing, riding horses and various things like that that I quite like doing. There's that thing that people say that you do one for the, you know, that, that, that payoff between, I guess, roles that pay the money and, the, and then you, you can then be free to do something else a bit more that's in tune with your own sensibilities and your own interests, I guess. Is that, is that, <clears throat> does that, what, is that how it works? I've heard that before. I think they, they, yeah, they say it. I mean, it depends on how famous you are. I'm not famous enough for it, for it, for to be batting off work, so I tend to do, you know, I work, there's some things I just wouldn't want to do, and you know, wouldn't be worthwhile doing. But you know, I'll do, I'll do most things if they're really good, if they're interesting. So you're, so you're, you know, your your interest in music is this kind of like a genuine? Do you care about the career in terms of your your music career, or is this? You know, you're doing it for the love of the the songs and the and the writing and the, the recording, or or is it like is there ambition underneath all that passion for music? I only do things that I think I'm all right at, so because I don't want to, you know, 
fail. Well, it's not fail. I just don't see what's the point in wasting your time doing something you're no good at. So uh, I enjoy it. I mean, you know, I'm yet, I'm not sure if I've made as much as Ed Sheeran in the first quarter of this year, but the chances are, I think we might be looking at 30, I never know, right? 38 million for the final, <laughs> final quarter. What's your take on, on the state of, I guess, contemporary pop music? What are the Ed Sheeran of this world? Are you a fan? He writes great songs, doesn't yeah. he? I don't know, you know, I think I'm becoming my dad <laughs> in terms of like, I couldn't name you. Right who particularly was... Current. I'm not sure. And, you know, people are really into it, and I'm just like... I'm no idea who that is. <laughs> also, it's not really doing much for me. Yeah. And I start saying things like my dad used to say, like, it just doesn't mean anything. What is this? this <laughs> it's shit? just noise. It just doesn't... What, what is it about? <laughs> I do miss a bit of the meaning. Okay. I think. Right. Music used to have felt like it had more meaning, but maybe it does. Tell me, what is the name of the first single from the album? It's called The Distance. And the album is called A Grief Observed, which is That based sounds on, heavy. It, it, well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's not, but it's, it, there's a C.S. Lewis book called A Grief Observed. I well, I obviously, obviously I didn't know that. Who writes, it's a really amazing book about how people deal with difficult situations. It's quite, it's, it's not depressing or heavy, weirdly. It's quite, kind of weird, rationally good. Um, so yeah, it's a song about, um, not trying to stifle free expression. That's what it's about. Because there's way too much of that going on nowadays, isn't there? Mm -hmm. So it's my it's my little anthem for, to free expression in praise and love of free expression rather than trying to shut things down. So I think it's quite upbeat. Sounds good. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. When does it come out? In November the 5th. And then I'll do some, uh, then I'll do some touring of it. Here's a little clip of The Distance from Lawrence Fox. So I need you more than ever I need your hand in this resistance If we're going to go the distance And if I ever doubt it I think about my future And if I'd want to live Proper, so what's it, I, forgive me, I don't know, is yeah. it just you on up on stage? Do or is what? it... I did, last time I told I took a band what do you prefer in terms of, do you need to say, some people say that, you know, the Gallagher, the Liam Gallagher, and he says he likes being in a gang because it gives him a bit of yeah. safety and, you know, yeah. they're together playing as a band. It's not just you alone with the guitar. I'm slightly tempted to, to just do it by myself because it's much more sombre, this one, than the last one. So um, I'm slightly tempted to do it by myself or maybe with, you know, some talented, you know, like someone, not, not obviously Lisa Hannigan, but someone like that who is amazing at, a, a, an instrument and who sings stunningly. Something like that might work well. Because the girl I sang with, Izzo Fitzroy, is a very good piano player. Very well. Can we talk about your hair? Just because it's yeah. just so magical. I mean, it's quite, what is it? It's, it's sort of, um, it's quite sort of, um, it's, meant to it's quite like Brad Pitt in, um, in uh, what, when seven he played. Seven years in Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> what is your hair normally like? Very, very short? It's quite short usually. Yeah. Um, it's meant to look like I've been on a beach in Goa for 20 years. Which I think they've very much <laughs> achieved. Not bad, actually, yeah. It's I, kind of like, what's it, like shoulder length? It's shoulder length. It's got a nice sort of bleach, so it's like sun in kind of. It's a bit, bit of ratty. Very ratty. It's to be a bit ratty. Yeah, it is. Did you enjoy, did you, do you enjoy this sort of transformative, transformative bit of the job, like the kind of yeah. like taking it somewhere else? Well, I wanted to wear some funky clothes. Sarongs? So tie-dye? Just not, not no. quite tie-dye, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, some sort of, 
some just kind of spiritual, funky clothes. Oh, cool. And I thought it would work better with their... And I had a vision of a, you know, a man that was, you know, been living... Well, he actually said he'd been living on a beach for 20 yeah. years in Goa, so uh, I thought, how often would he have had his hair cut? Yeah, because it's true. So, so nam namaste, brother. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of your how you dive into your characters, do you have a kind of planned way of researching them? Do you go into books? Do you think about friends that may help you? Or how does that? Do you have I, a kind I, of methodology? I, you know, like apps running in the background? Yeah. I just turn on the app and then I run it in the background. Okay. And then I run it for a long time in the, in the background. And then when, it's when they say action, I put it in the foreground. Oh, really? And then when they say cut, I turn it off and put it in the background again. So, and does it disappear or does it always stay with you? It's just always, it, you know, it's just buzzing away and then sometimes you open up your, your mind phone and you go, oh, look, that's still going. <laughs> and, then you, and then you close it for a couple of days. I guess playing Lewis, if you're playing a part of that, they kind of, some of it must stay with you or you just sort of weirdly become... I can't that. remember. I, I literally, this someone, who was it? I think on this job, someone came up to me and said, we did, I did a whole Lewis with you. And I'm like... I loved it. <laughs> Wiped. Wow. Totally wiped the whole, that whole 26-day experience from my life. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's probably in there somewhere. Yeah. But I was just like, I can't for the life of me remember. Mm. And she told me, and I was like, yep, still don't remember. She was like, you know, it's the murder with the picture frames in there. And I was just like, no, oh, sorry, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry, I've, you know, that's that background app. That was on a different operating system. <laughs> yeah, that was on one of the we've first got a whole iPhones. New machine now. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was the first iPhone moment. <laughs> so what happened now? You've just got back. I guess you you go and unpack and sort your head out and cut yeah. your, your melt your extensions. Melt out. my extensions off with solvent. Yeah. They they said um, she said you're going to be a bit freaked out when you see your hair underneath. And I went why? And she went well a it's not being cut for six months. But B, because it's been had this heavy hair hang on it, it's not going to look like your hair, and you're going to feel really weird. Okay. So uh, that's why I'm tempted to shave it. So I have to say, it's amazing how like I mean, like your real hair it looks. Well, it is, I mean, it, it is real hair. So it's you know, it's from straight whose from whose hair a, is it? It's an Indian lady's hair from some temple somewhere. Fortunately, I didn't have to pay the bill. I can't imagine what the bill would have been for that. Yeah. I think it was pretty hefty, and also people were like. There, apparently there was a big upsurge in the salon of men coming and asking for hair extensions because I sort of had broken the mould. Because they, they just thought, you know, here's a guy coming in wanting to change his look. Yeah. No, no idea that it was for work. So he said the next day there were a few men coming and going, oh, it's all right, uh, you think you can sort me up with the, that kind of hippie look? I like it. So now I'm going to do Settle the Kids In again. It's been a couple of weeks since I've seen them. Try and the, the lady has been looking after my dog has been filling him with uh, God knows what. Right. He's a unit now. Right. So I've got to starve him. Okay. What dog do you have? I've got two. Okay. I've got a Labrador and a Chat Russell. Um, I've just sold my house. Shit. So I've got to buy another house. Blimey. Then I've got to do the music. And then I've been offered a little independent film, but I don't know when it's going to go. And um, go to the gym. Go to the gym. Have a nap. Sort the hair out. Sort the hair out. And that's, that's Bob's your uncle. Very nice. No more rap parties. No, we've done that now. That's fine. You've got yeah. a system. Do you feel that? Do you have that sometimes? I feel now my nights out and my now they're probably as intense as they ever were, but they just don't happen as much. Rather than four nights a week or whatever yeah, when yeah. I was twenty-five. Yeah. Now it's like once a. That was my first big night in three years. Yeah. 
It's the first night. Did you, night. when you were within it, when the night was happening and you felt that it was going to be big, yeah. were you like, this is it? I was, I was like, <laughs> I, was, I had a great time. Yeah. And I didn't actually feel too rough the no. next day because, you know, so I feel all right now. No more gin for this man. No. <laughs> uh, Lawrence, you've been wonderful company. Oh, it's been Thanks lovely so much. Lovely chatting you. to you. You too, man. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> This episode of Eat, Drink, Chat was brought to you by Soho House and Radio Wolfgang. It was hosted by me, Jonathan Heath, and featured Lawrence Fox. It was produced by Ivor Manley and Eli Block. Casting by Joe Dunk, and the executive producer was Harry Watson. Listener.